0: Bonjour! Hi, welcome back into Lay Beer Leaguers. How you doing, Beer Leaguers? Jacob Cullen coming at you from episode 12 of Lay Beer Leaguers. Let's uh, say hello to Mitch Tierney as per usual from beautiful boring Kitchener, Ontario. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty well. It's super cold here right now, but oh, dude, it's freezing here. Oh yeah, yeah I think the whole uh, the whole I guess East Coast got hit with some kind of crazy snowstorm, ice storm. So has not been very much fun recently. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: A million percent. We got dumped on for like 30, uh, 30 centimeters in one go. And I've got like this, like teeny Mazda three, two wheel drive car. So I've been like pulling donuts around the city. It's awesome. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's the kind of weather where you don't really want to go outside. It's, it kind of sucks. Although, uh, it's pretty it's pretty nice for me I there's like a whole underground city and didn't de- much else downtown so I can mm-hmm. walk basically
1: two blocks from my apartment all the way to inside my office all indoors so yeah got, I miss uh, I-, I miss Toronto for that like not only the underground thing but for whatever reason like it was it was a little concerning actually but like there was never any snow there like it just, yeah. it's like it, all the regions around like Kitchener's not very far from Toronto obviously it's like an hour and a half from Toronto but we get dumped on like you know like the best of them here Um, and in Toronto, they're just like, I can't remember there ever being that much snow on the ground. Uh, I know they do a good job of clearing it,
0: but still, no, dude. They, a few, that's the old joke. Like, you (laughs) know, Montrealers love crapping on uh, Torontonians, yeah. You call the army, and whenever they get a few centimeters, so lame, but yeah, Yeah, to be uh, fair, they're just not prepared for it. So that's why it happens. Exactly. Also, uh, speaking of the weather, got to give a shout out to uh, to Habs fans. They are just so awesome, man. Uh, over the weekend, the Habs held their skills competition, and this was, uh, I believe, on Sunday. You know, right after the huge snowfall, uh, yeah. it was or during the snowfall, and it was you know minus twenty. It sucked. Twelve thousand fans showed up for the skills competition. It's like. Florida can barely rub together a few thousand fans for a regular season game. Meanwhile, 12,000 <laughs> fans show up for the skills game on like a minus 20 brutal snowstorm day. So just, you know, once again, another example of how awesome Habs fans are.
1: Yeah, well, they also got to see the second coming of Jesperi Cockney, I mean, live, though. So it was probably yeah, worth that, it for them. With that nice little uh, lacrosse spin goal there. That was gross.
0: Yeah, it was so beautiful. All right. Well, let's jump into the uh the NHL news and notes and let's uh shift over to the west coast of Canada where man <laughs> These are we not talk going about
2: well.
0: <laughs> oh, man, they are not going well. It's like a minus one hundred centimeter snowstorm in Edmonton uh, right now. Uh we've talked about Peter Schiarelli before and how we're just shocked how he still has a job. And uh uh well let's just get right into the news. Uh, they announced on uh January twenty first, so that's yesterday, that's Monday, uh, that they were dropping both Ryan Spooner and Ty ratty onto waivers. Mm-hmm. Uh Ty Raddy is a draft pick. Ryan Spooner is a a, a trade that came uh, originally from Jordan Everly, who they uh who they flipped for uh, for Ryan Strome. It just is shocking to me that Jordan Everly uh Bonafide first line scorer in the NHL resulted in Ryan Spooner, who's now been dropped onto waivers. Yeah. There's a few things that are, that, that I, I, he just, it just makes me so mad because I hate uh, poor management and, professional sports franchises you know like uh, these teams are spending hundreds of millions of dollars you know the, mm-hmm. the viewership just like the amount of money and the amount of eyeballs on these teams you you would think that there would be competent leadership in these front offices and just time and time and again P- peter shirelli's crap the bed uh, a few things on this one that makes it so bad first off is the training of strome for spoon in the first place actually made it so that dropping the player to waivers made it a lot more expensive for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, if you, it costs so, literally
1: twice as much. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So I was going to say, if you subscribe to The Athletic, read the article by Jonathan Willis. It was a great recap of how boneheaded Shirelli is. And he was saying that because there's a a 20 uh, – was it the, the 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 age cutoff is, I believe, 26? Yeah, where If you're great. If you're younger than 26 and you uh, buy out a player – he costs a third of his salary. But if the player's over 26, he costs two-thirds of his salary. So if they drop dropped uh, Strom, who's just under 26, it would have cost them uh, $1 million. But dropping Spooner, who's just over the 26 mark, cost them over $2 million uh, in cap buyout. So, so... Instead of having a bona fide first line scorer in Jordan Everly, they now have two million dollars against the cap and nothing to show for it. So great job there. Second off, and the thing that really just grinds my gears that Willis pointed out is that making those Everly trades and now having two million against the cap to show for it would normally be the biggest black mark on a GM's legacy for with a team and would get him fired. But this isn't even a top two terrible things that he's done. Taylor Hall, obviously by far the worst, getting nothing but Adam Larson back, who it turns Mm -hmm. out is like a a kind of shaky top four defenseman who just on Monday called out his own play saying, I can't do anything. I can't pass. I can't skate. I need to focus. So not a great look there considering Hall's the reigning MVP. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was the, uh, was the Griffin Reinhardt trade who, who has not played a game since 2015, 16. Meanwhile, the two draft picks they shipped to, uh, the Islanders turned out to be Matthew Barzal and Anthony Beauvillier. And even forgetting Matt Barzal, Anthony Beauvillier has twelve goals this year. That ranks yeah. fifth on the Oilers. <laughs> it's just it's just in all regards. And of course Chiarelli's done other bad moves. The Lucic contract who mm-hmm. hits six million dollars in the cap for the next five uh, twenty, twenty three, four years. Great. Is it just it goes on and on and on. So I you have to think the, the Shark, he's gonna be
1: fired soon, huh? No? Yeah. Well, Actually, I don't even know at this point. But um, you, you mentioned crazy. how how frustrating it is. Like it's kind of funny at first. Like we've laughed about the the Ottawa Senators so much this year, but they were also in a conference final a couple of years ago. So like I feel like we're still within our window to laugh at a team. Edmonton's just annoying at this point because they just keep taking all the top talent in the league and then like making them no good. I'm yeah, ruining seen, it? Yeah, we've seen Connor McDavid. Uh, you know have a you know get annoyed this week and and, and say is if players don't believe uh, in the Oilers locker room they need to leave. Uh, I wonder if he's going to walk into an empty dressing room within uh, the next couple of weeks. That's what uh, that's what Willis was saying. Is it seems like Connor McDavid's the only one committed to the
0: Oilers, you know. Yeah. Like none of the players or the coaching staff or the management seems to really care about the Oilers other than Connor McDavid. I mean, <laughs> how long do they expect to keep this guy in town while they just like make boneheaded
1: move after boneheaded move? It's true, and uh, I mean, even if, uh, well, I mean, you go back to that original, when, when the lottery happened, and the look on Connor McDavid's face when it was Edmonton, but um, you wonder if eventually he'll just get tired of this, but yeah, I mean, the team might not even be that much worse if all the other players left, and it was just McDavid, that's basically what it is now, but yeah, it's it's getting ridiculous. I mean, the Edmonton Sun this week uh, suggested the one thing that would make this even funnier, which is if they fired Shirelli. Like they were legitimately suggesting this is a good idea, which is firing Shirelli and making Hitchcock the GM. Which was <laughs> oh my goodness! Like if if you want to take this to the next level, that's what it would be. But um, yeah, I mean the the deal that you haven't even brought up yet is the is the Koskinen deal. Um, you know, paying close to four million dollars a year for. Uh, a goalie that's very much not proven. I think something you like... You know I hate that. You know, you know, know I hate get. giving big contracts to unproven goalies. Oh, and uh, I mean, the funniest thing shortly thereafter was Cap Friendly tweeting out the, compa- the like the cap and number comparables, and Cam Talbot was one of them. So it's like... Basically, you're just signing the same thing.
0: And now uh, they're saying they're willing to trade Cam Talbot, who they just traded for two years ago and signed to a big ticket. It's just, it seems like there's no plan in Edmonton. And that's the craziest part is that everyone assumed that Chiarelli's job was in danger uh, over the summer, and then uh, he went and and pitched his long term uh, uh, plan to was it Bob Bob Nicholson, the the CEO there. And apparently, he was so impressed that he kept Chiarelli and he was like, okay, hey, you have, you know." Carte Blanche to go and execute your plan, and you know we trust you. And this is his plan. This is what he's doing. It's 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 absurd. And now they're saying they're going to give up. Uh, I'm I'm assuming Talbot, and now first and a first round pick for for some scoring depth. It's just it, it, I don't know how long they plan on being bad for, but it's man, Shirely is causing a big mess for either him or his replacement to uh, to come clean up.
1: Well, they're going to have to give up more too because they have no cap space to work with. They have something like three million right now, and obviously. All $3 million of that gets uh, eaten up next year when uh, uh, Koskinen's deal <laughs> comes up. So um, it's not like they really have much to do. Man, if, if I'm the Ottawa Senators, I'm calling Edmonton right now trying to trade one of their, like, say Ryan Zingle. Maybe, you know, you retain a little bit and then uh maybe even like pick up a Talbot and then you try and get that one so that at least you have something to play for this year. And you could, uh you could get yourself out of uh, a bit of trouble this year. If you, uh, not if a terrible idea that, at all, uh, grab that pick.
0: That's not a crazy idea at all. Uh, I'm I'm
1: curious to see what Edmonton does. I mean, I think we all are. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, going into the, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about trade deadline season on this. That's the one team that I think everyone is watching with bated breath because Uh, there's the most potential for them to do something absolutely ridiculous as they seem to do at every opportunity this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. In the past like 10
1: years, I should say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: All right, let's move on uh, quickly to another team in Canada, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, We've heard a lot about it because, you know, Canadian media loves talking about Toronto and, you know, the alarm bells go on very quickly if things are not going well in Toronto, and they're definitely not. They're, uh, after winning five in a row, they're now 3-7 and seven in the last 10 games. They're just one point up on Boston and Montreal uh, for second spot in the Atlantic. And uh, the scoring seems to have uh, dried up a little bit. Nylander is uh, extremely cold. People uh, enjoy saying that Yaro Halak has the same amount of points as uh, <laughs> Willie Nylander does this year. So, uh, But I-, I think you'd agree with me in saying that it's like
1: far from time to panic for the Leafs, right? Yeah, far from time to panic too, too much. I think uh, I think it's definitely time. I mean, they've shifted Matthews and Marner together. I think it's time to, to look at stuff like that, kind of changing your roster. I mean, we saw Montreal do that. Uh, every team does that every once in a while. Montreal completely kind of revamped their lines, and you kind of have to do that sometimes. Things get stale, and you have to try new combinations together, and clearly they need to find a way to get William Nylander going. I think they've done a a smart thing and and tried to just, you know, take the pressure off that him as much as possible, but yeah, I mean, when things are going like this for a team especially like Toronto where there's so many expectations, you're obviously going to get um you know, some concern. I would say the biggest concern for me, I was looking at today someone on uh, on Reddit had done um the standings uh based on playing within your division. So uh, like all the games uh, interdivisionally or within the division. Um, and the Leafs are not looking very good against Atlantic division teams, which is obviously with the new playoff format, What you almost have to worry about the most. Really? What's, what's the record? Um, seven, six and two, which Boston, Tampa, Montreal, Florida, and Buffalo all have better records against uh, divisional teams. So, you know, that's uh, obviously they're probably going to have to play Boston in the first round or Montreal. Um, so you know that's that's not a great look for Toronto in terms of uh, the, the teams that they're going to have to beat. So yeah, I mean you you don't want to get too concerned. And obviously, this, as you said, it's always going to get blown out of proportion just because it's the Toronto media. But um, yeah, it's it's not great right now in Toronto, and it's it could get worse. Especially now we've got the the Matthews and Marner contract situations being dragged into the light, and there was some belief that Marner or Matthews rather had a you know, ticket ready to sign the second Nylander did, and it's clear that's not true. You know, they're only starting negotiations now, so it really does seem like everything just kind of gets worse by the day for the Leafs, and like you said, I think there's way too much talent there for, for it to go long term, but... You know as Habs fans we are going to enjoy the heck out of this right now while it happens
0: yeah ex- exactly I anytime there's panic in the least nation I love it especially now that we're all walking all tall and cocky thinking they're the best team in the league mm. uh but but I I I really do think that there's no need to panic in in Toronto uh the 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 thing I'd be most worried about if I was a least fan is is Kyle Dubis making a, a panic trade I, I I don't get the sense that he's that kind of that he's that kind of GM. No. but I mean, it's really only his first year, so we'll kind of, you know, see what you know he, he's made of and see what kind of metal he has, uh, in you know fighting back the crazy fans and media members in Toronto who are like demanding they give up the world for a top four defenseman. Like, yeah. uh, there's no question they need a defenseman, but you know, there's no need to go out and overspend like crazy to go get one. You know, like bide your time, like see what comes available at the at the trade deadline and make make a move that makes sense. But uh, there's just too many talented offensive players on that team for it to not work out. And, I mean, a lot of competitive, you know, playoff-contending teams have slumped in the last uh, month or two. I I think it's just a trend you're seeing in the league. And especially, I I forget where I read it. I think it was The Athletic today. Uh, One of their writers for for the Toronto Beat was saying that, you know, it's a young team. That's the, you know, the positive is you have a lot of punch and a lot of scoring with all these young kids. But the downside is you're going to be a lot less consistent than a bunch of older vets would. So there's going to be ups and downs in the leaf season. And more so, I think they were playing a real pop-gun style offense and relying on goaltending through the first few months of the season. And now that they've, you know kind of falling back down to earth. Babcock's going to reel them in and say, "Okay guys, look, you've had your fun. Now we got to play tight checking defensive hawk and get ready for the playoffs." So, I I wouldn't worry too much about them. I'm 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 sure they're uh, that Nylander and their 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 kids are going to score at will. And looking at the schedule, they've got the Red Wings, the Ducks, and the Senators as three of their next five games before they yeah, before they play in Montreal on a Saturday night. So, I uh, I I'm not concerned. For the least at all. I mean, you know, if in ten games they're still at three and seven, their last ten, like then maybe start hitting the panic
1: button. But yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it. No, for sure. And as you kind of alluded to, they have a window here. Um, they have a couple, couple of years here. I mean, obviously with with some of the tickets that are going to get signed this summer, it's the the window will be limited a little bit. But they do have time here to try and get a defenseman in who's the right fit. And you know, you don't need to panic by it at this point. You don't need to. Um, you know, ruin what's what's obviously one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the NHL to uh, try and bring in a, you know, a player that uh, it's a big risk uh, at the trade deadline. So um, I think they're they're smart to wait and kind of see their options. And I, I do think they might get something done at the deadline though. I think I think there's going to be so many players available kind of that they, they might be able to to grab one of them on the cheap, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be a, you know a major deal there. Um, so, again, a couple of teams here that are interesting to watch, especially, um, as you said, the Leafs with a little more pressure on them, as is the case with the Oilers. Um, some of the deadline uh, deals that they could potentially do will be very much front and center throughout the, the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. All right. Moving along,
0: let's touch quickly on uh, a trade we have to announce.
1: My Gary Bettman impression. I liked, I liked uh, how you're able to do that right in the middle of a sentence. You barely. It's, uh, barely
0: yeah. Broke I've got there. the. Yeah, I've got the eye of the Jew. It, just, it's, it comes from a place deep within. Um, pretty pretty medium-sized trade, I would say. Uh, two players swapping teams. Victor Rask for Nino Niederreiter. Um, I, honestly, I guess I don't follow either of these teams enough to get a real sense of how either of these players have done. It, in my mind, it seems like kind of like a young third-line center in exchange for, you know, a, a good top-nine forward who can slot into your top six. Uh, so it, it seems, like, in my mind, it seems like, you know, both teams
1: got what they want, but maybe Carolina with a bit more upside? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton to to fully offer on this trade other than it, it's kind of a trade that we've seen you know, I'm kind of in vogue right now in the NHL is the fact that you kind of trade a couple of underperforming forwards for each other. I mean, we saw Spooner yeah. for Strom, Strom that we mentioned earlier, Cogliano for Shore, Sprong for Peterson, Hagelin for the Peterson.
0: Cha- the change of scenery trade.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just a player that, you know, maybe has been uh, at, in a place for a while and, and like you said, could use a kind of a change of scenery. What's what's also interesting is most of these trades have basically ended up pretty one-sided. I mean, obviously, um, sure, for Cogliano, we we haven't seen a big enough sample size in, in the least. Um, but, you know, obviously, uh, we, we talked about the fact that Spooner's on waivers right now, and Strom hasn't been incredible for the Rangers, but at least he's been producing. Um, And Sprong's been pretty solid, actually, for the Anaheim Ducks, while Peterson's barely, you know, done anything for the Penguins, and uh, Pearson's outperformed Haglund. So uh, I wonder if if that could be the case again for this one. It's interesting how uh, these one-for-ones have had, you know, pretty clear winners so far.
0: Yeah, and I, I read also on the Athletic that's a good sign that a trade like this is happening before the deadline. I I said uh, two episodes ago that I really think the trade uh, deadline is going to be hot uh, mm-hmm. this year, and the fact that two two teams are making swaps like that, getting their business done, you know, early identifying their needs. I think a lot of uh, teams have finished their uh, their scanning uh, meetings now and have identified their needs and their potential players, and I I really do think there's going to be a lot of activity. So this is. Uh, the first trade and hopefully many in a, in a busy uh, deadline season.
1: I wonder if this is kind of a sign too of, of the value that teams are putting on uh, draft picks now because, uh, I don't know, like someone like Nita Ryder, that used to be a deal that would, you, you'd do for a second rounder, right? Or, or something like that. It, but it seems like now more so we're seeing actual players for players as teams are, are less willing to to kind of mortgage the future with how important that's clearly been proven to be in the in the salary cap era. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: All right. One last piece of news uh, you wanted to touch on was the the World Cup. No World Cup in twenty twenty. I assume you were you 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 probably like had to change your pants immediately
1: when you read the news because you were so happy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, uh, as Jacob mentioned, I. I've... Well, uh, to be fair, I just wasn't a fan of the the format of the last World Cup. Um, you know, I like the team teams. North America and the team Europe. It made for such exciting hockey. No, I, I mean you can if you want to do that for an All Star game, sure. But I like you know international hockey is is for me the the best hockey. Um, you know, it's it's truly best on best. You have these super teams competing against each other. Obviously, Canada wins a fair amount, which which helps as well. But. Um, you know, then adding these made-up countries in there, especially Team Europe. I mean, Team North America is one thing. Obviously, uh, they were actually probably the best part of that last World Cup. Yeah, and Europe and was top,
0: of probably Paki.
1: insulting to all the guys on the oh, team. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And the, I mean, they were able to band together and make a final, but they were just super boring the entire way. And it was basically, Jurislavolak uh, doing what he does every once in a while and and getting them pretty far. So um, yeah, I mean, I just I just wasn't overall a fan of it and. Uh, if, they could, if they could have revamped it and maybe had World Cup qualifiers like, you know, the the actual sports World Cups elsewhere have, uh, I would like that. But, yeah, I just think uh, I it just wasn't the greatest tournament for me. And, I mean, it's really, I mean, does anyone really remember that much what happened in the competition compared to, you know, the Canada Cups of old and, and some of the Olympics as well? So, I, I just wasn't a fan of it. And, I mean, I'm not too sad to see it go compared to some others. I mean... It was a moneymaker for the NHL, but other than that.
0: Yeah, it was a moneymaker or something to make up for the Olympics because people always like the international best on best. So, I mean, just as long as they cancel the World Cup and give us Olympic hockey back, you know, I mean, if we get nothing, then I'll be really pissed off. Yeah. Obviously, if you had to, if you know, gun to my head, I would choose the Olympics over the World Cup. Uh, it just has more meaning for all the players. Uh, and they say so themselves. They really want to go to the Olympics, uh, in 2022. But, um, I mean, I, I like I actually understand where the league was coming from. They really got shaken. They they continue got shook down by the IOC, and they wanted a, you know a cut of the of the pie, given that it's their players who are risking their 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 health to go and and mm-hmm. play in that tournament. So I mean, I, I totally understand. But by the same token, we better get some international hockey. So I, it really seems like uh, like the, they're working uh, hard to get the Olympic participation twenty twenty two and. Uh, I'm, I'll miss Team North America, that's for sure, because they were exciting as hell. And I mean, there's even more incredibly talented players under 23 these days. So uh, it would have been fun, but I mean, I mean, as long as we get uh, Olympic hockey back, I think that's all that
1: matters. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting part of the, uh, you know, the the whole salary DBA, cap yeah. yeah, yeah, the the negotiations, the um, bargaining agreement. Just because. Um, yeah, that's that's something that I think the players are are maybe going to push for and it might be something like, you know, well are, are you willing to give up in other areas for Olympic hockey and I'm not sure necessarily they should be. So we'll see. We'll see fully what happens there, but yeah, uh no World Cup isn't the isn't the biggest disappointment for me, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right. Uh well, that's it for the the big headlines. Uh we're going to throw it to interview now, which is with uh, Montreal Media Mogul Jay Devine. All right, joining us on the pod today, we've got the crown jewel on the Montreal media industry. This guy has been doing it for probably a thousand years, and somehow still hasn't been fired. So, an absolute pleasure, Jason Devine, joining us on the pod. Welcome. How you doing, man?
2: All right, pretty good. I don't know about the crown jewel. I'm really just in charge of like putting up promo tents and stuff. But thanks.
0: <laughs> You're really nice selling Yeah. <laughs> well, that's well, what we I don't do. want. to Just we we pump people I up. In this mislead podcast, your listener. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you have you, you've worked in uh, TV and radio in Montreal for for quite a while, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to have you on the podcast and talk about you know what it's been like working in the industry. Uh, I, I got to ask you first before we ask you any other questions: is uh, how many years have you worked in media? It feels like it's been a long time.
2: Oh, okay. So I started right after the ice storm in 1998. Oh man, as a like a promo intern, and so. And that brings it up to uh, 2019. And I probably took a few years off after they told me to get lost and radio. And uh, so on and off, about 20 years. So I'd say, a, let's say a solid 17 years.
0: Wow. So I was four years old when you started in the media game. So just, uh, that's what we're doing here. That's quite a while. And I, I feel like 20 years in, you've been listening to sports radio pretty much wall to wall at your job. So you probably know more about sports than pretty much like anyone else in the industry.
2: Well, my Facebook page says Favorite Music. It's listed as uh, it says Melnick in the Afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much uh, – I listened actually – I did the calculation of the day. I listened to eight hours of sports radio a day, um, <laughs> but not always locally. I start with Dan Patrick uh, from 9 to noon. Then I get Rich Eisen from noon to 3, and then I'll do Melnick from 3 to 5 until I get home. Then I'll – so on PPI – my like day is uh, yeah. I Dude, it literally, lot, is so, <laughs> it literally is wall to wall. It literally is wall to wall. It's disgusting.
0: Oh my god, it's
2: yeah. unbelievable.
1: It's really really healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you said you have been working in the media industry since nineteen ninety eight. Especially on the radio side, how much have you seen things change? Because obviously we've seen you know with technology and a lot of new kind of kind of veering towards podcasts, we've seen a lot of changes in in the media landscape. So, what are some of the ones you've noticed the most? Well. You know, it was funny when, uh, people,
2: when people were always threatened before, when I first started, and you'd heard of like satellite radio coming out, serious satellite radio, XM and whatnot, and people were like, oh, that's going to change this landscape of radio, especially in Montreal or, you know, locally. And that never really happened because, as you know, people are always still kind of hungry and craving that local content. So if you could be listening to like, sure, commercial free music on satellite radio, but you're never getting that local Touch you know, that might be talking about going to be Fairview Mall or the local forecast or, yeah. you know, even local news. So that was never really a concern. And people said, like, oh, the iPod comes out. That's going to ruin everything for everybody. And again, but radio seems to have like survived. And at one point, maybe not so much recently, but they were thriving and even making like more money than they had in the past. Radio to me is like never going to go away. It's yeah, Melnick's Mel- Mel- so good at that, man. Melnick is honestly the best it he does in yeah. this country. For the for the local he, radio taste, I agree. He's so good. He could
0: have gone anywhere
2: in North America probably, but he wanted to stay local. And like people will tell you, like people that are at the top of their game, like Bob McCowan, he says, you know, Melnik is top of his game. And he is. He's he doesn't just touch music as you know. He does politics. His memory is incredible. Things he could recall in terms of games. It's nuts. He was at with
1: accounts and it's he's one of a kind and can't be duplicated. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, like some of those things you've mentioned, even like the iPhone or, or that sort of thing, they've <laughs> almost helped radio because you can now take them anywhere and you don't have to really be, you know, watching a screen or, or doing anything else. You can just, you know, be mowing your lawn and, and listening to the radio. Um, you mentioned uh, a bunch of radio personalities you've worked with, Who who for you is kind of you know, you know the one you've enjoyed working with the most, be it because you know they're so good at their job, or or just that they're they're a lot of fun to work with.
2: I mean, I mentioned it, it was it was Melnick. He was definitely uh, he was definitely the top of the game. But other ones I worked with that are a lot of fun. And you talk about what changed in the landscape. Um, some of the ones like the you know they just changed stations. Like Aaron Rand, I worked with him with Aaron and Tasso back in the days of CFQR Q ninety two and uh, he's a, a great character and so versatile and he can like so sharp. He can do like, you know, so sharp, so witty, but he could do music and then he could just switch on to like, as you see the last few years on CJD, he's doing talk and he knows all the events he's like a true Montreal. I think that's really helps. Is you gotta be, you can't just walk into a city and, you know, inherit a position without really having the vibe and the feel of the city. And that's what those guys have and going back to the days, you know, Ted Thiebaud, Jordan Balkan, uh, Blackman, all those guys they had that, you know. You still have it now with Andrew Carter who's doing a great job. But and we're kind of it's kinda like two sided. We're lucky and not lucky in much we don't have a lot of diversity because we don't have a lot of English talk stations. In fact we have one. So you really gotta be at the top of your game, but they won't be there for a long time. So to get into that market or to get a prized spot on radio it's pretty hard. Like Elias Macko's walking in, not walking, he's definitely earned it. But that's a great shit for him and a great fit for the city because he is he's young be there for a long, long time, but there aren't a lot of jobs out there. You you can count, like, there's, what, 10 spots you want to have. There's just not a lot of English radio for that format.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, Montreal's a weird city in that regard, though, because of the French, right? I mean, any other city, you have a few talk stations or a couple sports stations, but Montreal's a little different because the language kind of splits it down the middle.
2: Montreal radio suffers from diversity a lot of times. I mean, you listen to other stations and other... Like, the states have, obviously, a lot more ability to do things because maybe regulations but even if you look across canada like toronto will have a lot more um in the stations obviously but in montreal you have you know those four or five stations that are all competing for that piece of the pie and all those points are important in terms of you know ratings and your listenership and your demographic and who you're attracting and there's certain dollars there but they're all doing pretty well because there's not that much competition but that maybe sometimes forces them to not go outside of their comfort zone. You know, like you have your show who covers classic rock, you get your virgin who competes with the beat, but you don't really have too many other people fighting for those pieces of pie. There's enough pies for those guys to go around and everyone kind of does. Okay.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. All
2: That's right, man, thought. let's,
0: I, I, and we 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 that's why we had you here. I wanted to hear your thoughts, but I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts on something a little a little more. Uh, I guess I don't know, like fun. I want to break this interview open, so let, let's switch it back to sports. And I've I've got a question. I'm gonna fire the can at you here. Uh, like you hear kind of around the league that all these you know older like NHL vets or the retired guys you know would be going after it pretty hard uh, when they were playing or you know even like 10 15 years ago and they're all complaining nowadays because the young stars are stepping in the league don't really go out anymore they just kind of train and play Fortnite and that's about it so i want to know if you were a pro athlete and i know it's stretching it like you, no offense but you're not going to be on the copper of men's men's fitness anytime soon uh, would you rather have uh, your teammates be super talented or do you have them come back to the rink with some like
2: hilarious stories i think it's just so it's so tough to be in the public eye the way it is now and to go out and let's say have a good time. Like I'm thinking about the Habs right now who have, you know, they had a day off since Saturday, they don't play till tomorrow, and then they got a nine-day break. Of course, they're going to let go and have a little bit of fun, but also like they're competing against – the game is so much faster, let's say, say, and, you know, you're competing against guys that are really marginally that much – not not as good as you. Like it's 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 really tough to like take a night off, and you, you've got to be in tip-top shape, so you can't really go out and just – booze it up like the guys that Gila the floor back in the day. But again, like they're also sleeping in freaking really good beds. They're not taking a train. They're not, you know, they got charter yeah. planes. I, I don't feel bad for them, but what I'd rather, I'd rather have a guy that wants to like, you know, like Rod Redemore, just sit there, do sit ups and play hockey and score goals and be a great freaking teammate. I don't really need the uh, Andre to who's, you know, yeah, yeah, portion, you know,
0: but there's like, Open the a. Like, there's, and see
2: what the is.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we don't need Kostitin, you know, like <laughs> doing whatever he was doing until 4 a.m. at boost dance. But yeah, there's like there's a there's an in between, you know, like there's like the difference between someone who just lives and breathes training. And there's a guy, you know, like, I don't know, Johnny Gaudreau. Everyone says he likes to go out and get after it. And the guy still puts up 80 points. So I don't know. It just seems like there's,
2: there's got to be a healthy medium yeah. between having like a healthy yeah. lifestyle and. So what do you want from your athlete? Do you want him to be like the guy that's on TMZ or do you want him to be the guy that brings you home a championship? I mean, what, as a fan, what do I want? Do I I really want to read? I'd rather read about, you know, sure. The other guy, the other team. I mean, I just don't need that from my sports athlete. I need him to be the best at what I want to do, which is be a hockey player. I don't need him to go. Sure. It's entertaining sometimes until you realize, Oh no, my team suffers as a result because there's fractions in the room because this guy was, you know, he may have slept with the wrong person or, you know, I mean, it's it's life, but I mean, no, I want you to be a good hockey player. I don't need to, I can get that from somewhere else. I don't need to, I don't need to, the that kind of sensationalism in uh, my sports team.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
2: Fair I enough. I have enough problems with sports when people can't, you know, referees can't see
1: pass interference calls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we can <laughs> touch on yeah. that in a
2: bit.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but so kind of, kind of speaking of the, of the TMZ aspect and, uh, you know, as you said a little, bit, a little bit earlier, Montreal, there's such a spotlight on these players specifically. Is is that one of the reasons why Montreal's kind of hasn't become a, a free agent destination in recent years? I mean, um, you know, it, on paper, it looks like a perfect market. The fans obviously care a lot about the team. It's got such great history here. Um, you know, there, there's amazing food. It's an awesome city. But it doesn't seem like for a while Montreal has been able to attract uh you know, any top free agents. Obviously, they didn't even get a call from Tavares this summer, so that's probably the big well, yeah, one. Yeah, but but um, what, well, what, what do you think you kind of contributes they, to that? But I mean, just because
2: they're coming a free agent uh, doesn't mean they're going to you know pan out. Like look at some of the contracts that went up, like Luchitz or Caloposo. or you know these guys. You think that this could be a good fit, and then you give this guy a bunch of money and you're locked in for six years at five million bucks a year, and the guy's a bust. So. Yeah. He, free agencies is like, it's almost like throwing a dart at the board. Sure, Tavares is, you know, th- those come along every once in a while, but otherwise you got to be hoping that you know, your, your scouting is doing your thing and you're going out and signing someone like, you know, a Paul Byron or making a trade for that. But like, I don't think, I don't think players necessarily stay away from here because of the media. I really don't think so. Um, I think they kind of thrive on that, especially because it's much Like if you do well, you're the king of the world. If you don't, you know, it's, it's going to suck. But, I don't think they stay away from here for that reason. I think sometimes they stay away maybe because for financial purposes or because of, you know, uh, because the taxes will be a little higher. I when you're making that kind of money. Yeah. I guess it does hurt Why not? So many, I always another, say the but, endorsements,
0: man. You made so much endorsements here because you're basically a god if you play for the Habs.
2: Yeah, but there's only a few players who get those kind of endorsement deals, yeah, like yeah. the ones where you have a billboard up by okay, mm-hmm. selling a car. But also, like, I mean, maybe, you know, these guys, a lot of them, they have families, too, and they they might not want to come here because the significant other might say, I don't want to go there because the, the government's going to force our kid to go to French school, maybe, or, you know, maybe they don't want that. We don't – I really don't know. I mean, they could have – who knows? I mean, maybe they don't like the, the coach that, you know, they've heard bad things about. I think, But I think a lot of times there's not too many teams – where free agents really want to go. I think Montreal would be where they want to go. I don't see guys like lining up and saying, I'm going to sign with St. Louis over Montreal because I really think St. Louis has a chance to go far, but that's, I mean, they've never, no, I don't, Montreal's got to be at the top of this. When you see a, you know, if they want, you, it's a privilege. It's a, who doesn't want to play for the Yankees or the Canadiens? You know, I don't think they stay away from me because of the media. I mean, yeah. if they do, then I don't want that guy. On my, I don't want that guy on my team anyway, because he's probably pretty weak. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, a,
0: it takes like the kind of personality to play in the spotlight. And clearly Max Domi's that guy, you know, like he comes yeah. from Arizona and he's, he's playing like
2: a beast. Have you been watching a lot of games this year? You know what? I have, I have and I haven't. I have a bit of a problem with uh, how long the NHL season is. <laughs> and what they, what they asked me to invest. Um, especially That's such a
0: joke. I, you're a like, baseball guy and you're complaining about a long NHL <laughs> schedule.
2: Baseball is a little different for me too, because I can, obviously it's, it's, I could do things and, I don't necessarily, I won't watch baseball religiously on TV in the summer because, you know, it's summertime. But I don't mind going to a ballpark and watching a game because you can do tons of other stuff, plus you're outdoors. But, like, I'd like to see the season be a lot shorter because, I mean, honestly, we don't, I understand why they play two games and there's financial matters that are coming into it from the owners and the players. But one day down the road, I'd love to see, like, you know, we have, like, you know, mini tournaments um, where, you know, you're, you're, the Caneans, like John Tavares goes and forms a team or I don't know how it would work but you'd have like mini tournaments. but obviously the Stanley Cup would be the big thing I don't know what everything wants. want but I just don't, don't play like too many that. video games <laughs> I don't play any video games I suck at video games I'm never allowed to
1: play video games it's probably hard but to fit uh, it, it it's probably, sounds like a okay. sorry go ahead well, it's probably hard to fit in NHL games with eight hours of radio anyway so yeah yeah exactly <laughs> tell you the truth if I had to be a if I was going to be a pro athlete I would be a hockey
2: player um, I'd be a golfer or
0: a baseball oh, player is the best life man I, I I always say if I could do it over again I'd be a baseball player man you get to travel around the country stay in each city for a few nights don't do that much work every night you're like basically a god in the city you play in um, and you get paid like a stupid amount of money so I, 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 is. Just,
2: yeah yeah some but, of those guys
1: are
2: making 90 million dollars um, incredible but I mean baseball I worked in professional baseball people kind of ride them hard for big, not being, you know, athletes or whatnot. But baseball season is so long when you start spring training, which starts in a couple of weeks. And then you realize it's every day uh, until hopefully, you know, late October. And like, really, they have very few days off. And like the grind is there. Like you're traveling a lot and you're at the ballpark every day. I know you're not into baseball, but it's just mentally it is so long. But all of the seasons are long. Soccer's long. I mean, and I don't feel bad for them. They're all living a great life, doing exactly what they wanted to do. I just, uh, I just really can't understand how referees ruin everything. You want
0: to talk about the the pass interference?
2: I don't understand. Like it was why, like, I. Like I, I'm Drew Brees, and I know I've won one Super Bowl, and I have had the best year of anyone ever. And then I'm right there. Ready to win the game. And because <laughs> some goofball, one of five goofballs doesn't a yeah, it. Yeah,
0: there's four or five.
2: I can't believe it. Why can't they just? I don't understand how, like, and then how can we just? I was just talking to someone else, like, well, you know what? Like, let's, we got time. Let's call them back to the stadium on Monday. Let's do this over. <laughs> I mean, the Academy Awards, they, they, they announced the wrong movie, right? The, La La Land won, right? <laughs> but no, Zala didn't win. So that's just, they corrected the right, right away. And you know what? There was more people watching that. And you know what? They made the right call because a mistake was made. But in football, well, no, we can't uh, go back right
0: now. We, uh oh, well, no. You know, Sorry. I that's you just know. how it is. We're going to call Sean Payton up the next day and apologize, tell him we messed it up. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, It's awful. So bad. Yeah. And it's I didn't even... To... I, I didn't watch I it live. I saw the replay after the fact. And people have been talking about it, saying like, oh, it's a really bad call. I can't believe it. And I, I was shocked when I saw it after the fact. It's just, it's such an obvious call. I don't understand how you blow that.
2: That's like, you know, I, I watch sports like like most people. And then I will watch sports and just watch it and enjoy it. And I only go to Twitter when I'm watching sports if something crazy happens. Um, like a really ridiculous fight. Because I want to see the reaction on Twitter. Right, And that's when... Like that's like the kind of thing we like. Oh, let's see what they're saying here, and it like, it's just I, I, I do get upset because I invested a lot of time in this, and like it should not come down to a bad call like that that can't be corrected right away, and like you're talking about people also that I mean I, I don't care about gambling, but there's a lot of money there on the line too, oh, and mm-hmm. but then I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just thinking about the players <sighs> that have done all their work for their whole life, and then they have some zebra – Guy that, you know, first of all, why can't we find a referee that, you know, half his age? Why is everyone – I can't understand why any referee is, like, 80 years old. It's <laughs> so I, true. I just, why are they all, like, you know, I don't understand. Uh, I feel like NFL is okay, the only
0: thing, too, the- where the refs are so old, eh? Like, I've, NHL, they're probably, like,
1: 40s, 50s. Well, eh? They don't have to, like, do all that much in the NFL comparatively, like, physically. Yeah,
2: true. I'm expecting one to like have to take off his sleep apnea machine to make a call. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't understand why we can't figure this out. And they're all full-time now. And you can replay this. You can't replay that. Call this. Challenge that. It's just, guys, come on. Yeah, well, if they don't fix it
0: now, it's brutal because after in a championship game, like to have a a call that bad that costs a team a a chance at a Super Bowl, like they they better f- they better fix it, man. Because uh, yeah, the fans are out for blood. I I can only imagine what Twitter was like. It probably wasn't even funny. You know, it's probably just frustrating seeing all the reactions.
2: Well, that's why. I mean, we're speaking of radio and sports. radio and whatnot, like i like the next day or that night. I was like, I can't wait to listen to like what people's takes are going to be on this. It's just because, and it's it's sad that, you know, I mean, I don't like to listen to, the, I don't want to hear the athlete speak. I really don't. I don't need to hear the coach. I don't need to hear the athlete. I want to hear what the prognosticators, the commentators have to say because that's really kind of the enjoyment I get. Because honestly, the athletes, your job is to go out and perform and do what you can. I don't need a life lesson from you. I'm not looking, you know, unless I can get into your mind somehow. Like, you know, I don't know if you're watching, but Tony Romo was doing a great job the other day. Oh, dude, he's a former so quarterback, good. obviously. And he was doing a great job of calling those plays at the end of the game. And I'm like, that's the kind of stuff a sports fan craves and wants. Right. Like, oh, let me in. Because you know what? We're, we're never going to be that athlete. I, always, I don't always say, but I say, like, you know, someone like, uh, like an athlete like uh, Eddie George used to be a running back. Um, and then when he retired, he's like, you know what? I'm going to become an actor. And so he becomes an actor. Not a great actor. But look at someone like Blaine Johnson the Rock. He was an athlete. And last year, he was the second highest paid. Actor in the world, no one. There's no actor out there. George Clooney or whoever, like, uh, or even let's go to woman's side. Or Charlize Theron. She can't. She's a great actress. You no, know, she's 20. Let's say she's 25. Jennifer Lawrence, 25 years old. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna go start playing tennis. I'm gonna I, go I, I, the I, I, I I'd pay to you see her on an NFL field, though. <laughs> you know, of course. But I'm just saying, you know, you can't like athletes are the one thing in the world that you can't just walk into. You can't just go and be the. You have to do it from the time you're like. Hopefully, like five or six, or maybe eight. But you can't be like nineteen, like unless you want to go to an equ- equestrian or darts or maybe golf. But like you can't, you know, athletes, especially breathing doesn't. That they, and they should get paid, but they get paid, and that's that's what makes them different. But to, to have someone take it away from them because they're a loser and they missed a call because I don't know there's a bug in their eye or the cataract surgery didn't work, That'd be crazy.
0: All right, well, I'm I'm glad you weren't thinking about this at all. Or, like, you didn't have anything to say on the mat. <laughs> it would have been really bad. I tell you, Jordan. I, tell you,
1: I tell you. How are you doing, Mitch? Oh. Okay? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sitting back and enjoying this.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yep. You, have, you have anything else you wanted to uh, touch on, Jay, before we let you go?
2: I don't know. Just, uh, why every time I get a new phone, it's just a hard thing to set up, you know? It's just, I was like, I was ready for this call today, and so factually, so so factory, I just I went and got a new phone. I did not want to miss wow. any calls, or, and then it just took like honestly, I just got off. Uh, tech support with the people from uh, uh, I don't want to name the company, but the fruit. Um, and uh, you went for the peach. <laughs> I went for the, I got the old peach phone, and uh, I don't know. Just I should probably, I'm I'm like an old referee. I should just, like, go away to pasture. Yeah, let, let, the, let the new age
0: kids set your phone up.
2: Jay, anytime you need some
0: tech support, call me. Don't call Peach.
2: Hey, man. <laughs> Listen, to that. Uh, i got to tell you something, guys. This is uh one of the highlights of my day. I bought a new shirt. <laughs> and I it was a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I would do this again anytime, man. Dude, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I don't, <laughs> think... don't want to beg. Uh, well, can I come back on one time? We'd love to have you.
0: Dude, we need a controversy, though. We need another referee uh, to <laughs> blow an obvious call in a championship game, and then we'll, we'll have you on for a full hour.
2: Oh, Dwayne, luckily for you, you probably don't have to wait very long. Yes, yeah, <laughs> seriously, I'll, go, I'll speak to you in two weeks. <laughs> oh, no, but hey, we got the Pro Bowl this weekend. We can dissect that. <laughs> Beautiful.
0: Can't wait. All right, Jay, we'll let you go, but thanks again. Uh, thanks for getting the new phone and,
2: uh, and your shirt and looks good. next time if you want to talk about you, I can give you guys advice on dating, uh, how to cook a <laughs> slow cook how to, what to put in the slow cooker? <laughs> You're going to
0: be the Doctor Phil for Oprah, Oprah Winfrey.
2: You got it, my man.
0: All right, take care, Jay. All right, thanks again to Jason Devine. Uh, awesome talking to him. Uh, I'm sure we'll have him back in the pod soon. Uh, but like I said, we're going to have to wait until something controversial comes up because if he brings that heat every episode, whoo,
1: he's going to be on. The, he's going to he's going to feature quite a lot. Yeah, a little bit fired up, eh? That's, uh, I mean, it was it was a crazy moment. It was one of those sports moments where, uh, you know, you're just like, how how could they possibly have missed that? I mean, awful. I watch, you know, we both talked about multiple times on the podcast how little football we watch, but, you know, I-, I knew the second that that was uh, pass interference or whatever, you just like you can't do that. <laughs> is basically the uh, the impetus of that in any sport, you can't do that. So, um, yeah, it was. It was one of those ridiculous calls, but um let's not dwell on football too too much, shall we? Because yeah. uh, though there's plenty of other places you can get your fix for that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean it let just let it be known that my this week's healthy scratch for both of us is that call, as I think it should be. It's just the absolute worst call of all time. But we'll pick mm-hmm. two more just because, you know, it's not really fair. <laughs> fair. That that should be the healthy scratch of all healthy scratches for the end of time. I mean, it's just such a blatantly awful call but uh why, why, don't we, why don't you hit me with uh with with your non rams saints healthy scratch of the week
1: <laughs> well my healthy scratch is is another trade uh specifically the the tuka rask for andrew raycroft deal um <laughs> could, we're just bringing that back up we're, we're just having an uh, all uh, all crap on the leafs edition of this week's podcast but i love it um joe mcdonald of the athletic who's a Boston writer. Uh, Apparently, if, if both Rask and Halak go down, uh, Raycroft's actually the emergency backup goalie for the Boston Bruins. as no! way. As he's a, uh, no he's a Bruins way. analyst right now. So how jokes would that be if, you know, Tuka Rask, uh, you know, takes one of the masks and has to go down and Andrew Raycroft comes in as his replacement. But that just, I think that just perfectly sums up that trade and how, you know, how poorly one-sided it was
0: yeah yeah, definitely one of the worst trades uh, in recent memory. <laughs> that's so bad. So he's what he's a radio uh, analyst in Boston and also their emergency backup. yeah, yep, that's basically what he is in these days. Wow, I mean, that's probably the best emergency backup in the league though. Oh, a it's former. True. Calder winner and 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 an NHL goalie. I mean, I don't know the like accountant the, in
1: uh, Chicago. Uh, has yeah, it, probably got it, a better it, NHL resume than Raycroft. Uh, I guess well, Raycroft wanted Calder.
0: No, he that. he wanted Calder, but I, I bet the <laughs> I bet that guy's save percentage is better. <laughs> probably. Uh, I mean, yeah.
1: yeah wait, I, obviously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, uh, I, the, the Washington Capitals emergency backup, obviously the vending machine guy, uh, like the the college goalie, oh, yeah. I don't know, he worked in the arena, something like that. Like, there's the, the, just like, I feel every team around the league either has like a a, a, a junior player or a college player, or just some guy who plays beer league uh, as emergency backup. I can't imagine too many teams have an NHL or former NHL as their emergency backup. So that's, a. I, I love that, that's a cool little stat. Okay, I guess we'll we'll go on with mine then. Mine, mine's, mine is not uh, something that happened in the sports world. It's something that happened to me personally this week. And anyone who's on my beer league team knows that uh, <laughs> I was obviously going to hit this story uh, this week. Uh, so uh, I got Thomas Vokund. And if you don't know what that is, go watch the YouTube video, Keith Ballard on Thomas Vokund. Uh, basically what happened was uh, uh, we were playing – on Sunday night, and we were winning 3-1 against, we're in third place, and we were playing the second place team, so, you know, big four-point game, and we were winning 3-1 with, uh, with three minutes left, and there was uh, an error by the defenseman who gave the puck away in our zone, and then the, the puck went back to... The, the attacking player who was like in between the hash marks. He had about five seconds to pick his spot, and he kind of stick-handled mm-hmm. a bit, and he beat me. So 3-2 with uh, with three minutes left. And the defenseman who gave it away was like so frustrated that he took his stick and he smashed it against the goalpost, except he missed the goalpost and smacked me right in the face with his fucking stick. Oh. So I'm already pissed off that my defenseman made a stick, uh, mm-hmm. that my defenseman made a mistake, and that yeah. I let in a goal. I'm now... 10 times more pissed because i just got whacked in the face by by a hockey stick i truth be told i like got up and then i punched him in the face once with my blocker <laughs> what the fuck man and then i had to skate usually after a goal i'll skate just to one corner back to my net have a yeah, drink of water and then you know be yeah. set but this time I, I i think i skated to the corner, like back and forth between the corners probably three four times got in my net with still f- heated for like two minutes I, it's a good thing my team kept the puck out of our zone for a minute because I think if I had a, a a shot on me within the first minute of getting of getting Vokun yeah. I would have just I would just like let it in and skate off the ice and smash my stick or something Tuka Raskian, and you know <laughs> it, I, my there was kind of a a, a a rift in the locker room after the game what's your call do you think I'm I'm in the right for for knocking my the, the guy in the face or should I not have punched him in the face and that's a dick move
1: for punching your teammate? I mean, he did hit you in the head with a stick. I mean, I, that's I probably would have done the same in the moment. Like, it's not whether you're right or wrong. Like, it's a pretty natural reaction when someone, regardless of the team, smokes you in the head with a stick. You know, you're going to want to... Get back at him some way. So yeah, I don't think you're in the wrong in the Yeah, no,
0: there was a bit of a rift in the locker. Some guys like, Oh, what the hell? You can't hit your team. The other guy's like, Oh dude, I didn't even see what happened. Like I would have freaking jumped him. Like I can't believe that happened. The other team uh, must
1: have been loving it though. I mean, I guess they lost the game. I don't know if anybody
0: noticed it honestly, because like the goal got scored and everyone kinda like jumps up, high fives each other. Like very, very few people I think saw what happened.
1: That's true. Yeah, you're saying your own teammates didn't even uh, necessarily notice. So (laughs) Yeah, the guys on the bench, the all they, Said all they saw was me, like running after my defenseman, like
0: blocker cocked back, ready to strike. Wait, you know, really? they're like, they were like, what the he hell? Wasn't wrong right with there. Him? You just like you chased him and no, him? no, no, no. He was oh, right okay. beside the goalpost. Oh, okay, they said yeah. they saw me getting out of my net and like yeah. having cocked my blocker back ready to 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 feed him a few. Yeah, you know, and they're yeah. like, geez, what the hell's wrong with Jacob? Like he never goes off after a goal like that. But that's like, no, I got vocund. So I, I've never I've seen that once in my life, and it was on that play against vocund. So I can now. Proudly say that I've been Thomas Wilkund. Uh, but the beauty of beer league teams is, you know, we get back in the dressing room. Everyone has a beer. All is forgotten. And like, truthfully, it was I, I? do know it was an accident. So I, like, I'm not, I'm not actually pissed at him. It's just in the moment. I, I really want to punch him with my
1: blocker. Can you imagine if you had to answer to the Montreal media about something <laughs> like if an incident like this happened with like Carey Price and like <laughs> I don't know, like Jordy Ben or something? Oh man,
0: I'm so damn. Actually, there's a camera in the rink that uh just for security purposes or whatever mm-hmm. i really want to ask the 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 rink uh, manager for the video tape i gotta see it
1: holy smokes if you can find that tape uh, we're immediately transforming into a video podcast
0: oh yeah 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 i'll don't i'll tweet the i'll tweet the video instagram the video the vimeo It. myspace it like <laughs> It's it's gonna get out into the world there you go that's quite a that's quite a social media blast yeah, don't worry. I'm uh, I'm all over it. All right. Well, I th- I feel like that's a good note to end on for this week. Me getting blast in the face by my defenseman's stick. Yeah,
1: that's uh well, yeah, that's that's something that I hope never happens to you again, but pretty hilarious <laughs> uh, the <pretty laughs> star. If it happens to me twice, I'm starting to think
0: that it's it's partially my problem. Like maybe I'm maybe that's why I keep getting picked solos. There's you know some locker room issues. My defense may keep hitting me in the face with the face with their sticks. You're the Dougie Hamilton of uh, beer league gold. Yeah, yeah. Just keep moving around. Jeez. All right. Well, this was a great episode. Uh, fun talking to Jason. Hopefully have him on soon. Some uh, big news this week, and we're looking forward to the trade deadline coming up soon and All Star Weekend next week. We're going to – I believe we're going to have a writer who was at the All-Star Weekend come on the podcast and talk to us about it. But stay tuned for that, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye for now.
1: Bye-bye.